0: Love comes to town. Well, here we go. Doing this again today. Hopefully, if you woke up late, you get to enjoy a live service, not just something repeated. But we want to let you know we care about you. And wow. It's hard to make a call on weather. We last night looked at the radars and everything and said, man, we're going to be able to do it. We got an outdoor service. It's going to be great. It's going to be hot. We had water and ices, everything ready to go. And then uh, woke up this morning and looked at the radar and they changed their mind. Boy, I tell you what, uh, I guess baseball, if you hit the ball three times out of 10, you're amazing. Weather, man, if you get it right one times out of 10, you're amazing. I wish I had a job like that because I've always got to be right and I'm not. So uh, it's, it's hard. But I'm glad that we are able to meet right now and you can be in the safety of your own home. Love comes to town. Let me do that prayer with you. Let's pray. Would you say this, God, if there's anything you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. Just quietly in your heart, just offer that to God right there in your home. God, if there's anything you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. And God, may you be glorified. May Satan be horrified. I forgot one. May everyone listening to this be edified. So God, I pray this would help. In Jesus' name, amen. Love comes to town. What's the big idea? Well, the big idea today is triggered. Love must overcome anger. We'll talk about what that word triggered means, but we're dealing with anger. If you've kind of noticed in our love series, we've taken two weeks and we've talked about speaking the truth in love, and now we're dealing with overcoming anger with love. We're dealing with some hard issues, but you can't really go deep in love if you're not willing to speak the truth in love. And we're never going to be able to express love when we're filled with anger. All of that's important. And so, as we start this this morning, and even before I read our passage, I want to make some things very clear. Number one, anger is not necessarily a sin. It's not necessarily a sin. In our passage today, the first verse is Ephesians 4.26. It says, in your anger, do not sin. Well, apparently you can be angry and not sin. Sin. And by the way, that's quoted from the psalm, Psalm 4-4. You can look it up. Bible tells us that be angry and sin not. We know that anger isn't necessarily sin because God is angry. The Bible makes it clear. In Romans one it says, But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress their truth by their wickedness. So God becomes angry. Therefore, anger is not necessarily a sin. Anger can be a sign of great love. Oh, if somebody comes and attacks my family to physically harm my wife or my children or my dog, that's going to make me angry. And that's important. I, it's right to have anger over the right things. God gives us an emotional capacity to have anger. And it, what God is angry about should make us angry. When we see somebody Hurting our family, that should make us angry. When we see somebody uh, sexually assaulting somebody, that should make us angry. When we see racial uh, attacks, that should make us angry. What angers God should anger us. But what's important is understanding that there is a problem with anger. And it's how it's expressed. Is anger expressed constructively or destructively? Think about what God does with His anger. The Bible says He pours out His wrath. Well, how does he do that? He chose to do that on his son. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. Oh, friends, our God is a God of justice. Therefore, sin must be dealt with. So he pours out his wrath against sin. But he also gave Jesus. And his wrath was poured out on his own son. He did that for us. Oh, he's a God of love, but he's also a God of justice he's a God of mercy but he will judge sin that's what God did he dealt with it correctly he dealt with it constructively he was uh, uh, making all things new when he poured out his wrath unto Jesus the one who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become his righteousness oh that's our great God that's how he pours out his wrath here's the key though today we live in an age of rage We're just living in an age of rage. There's always been violence, but I'm telling you in the last few months since corona has hit, people seem to be just over the top with expressing anger. People are so filled with anger and rage they don't know what to do with it. I've used this on a small scale already, but I, I'll use it again to, to point this out. I think we're all like this bucket full of water. Corona has filled us with hurts and anxieties and stress and fears, frustrations. Things aren't going the way they should. We've maybe lost a job, lost some income, couldn't get unemployment. That was frustrating. And so we've got all these things, and we are all, each person, including myself, we're filled to the brim. We're we're at the point where we're overflowing. It's just oozing out. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. And, and everything in us just kind of oozes over the top, and everybody gets part of it. We know what's happening out there on the roads. There's so much road rage happening. People are shooting people. If you're driving too fast, they get mad. If you're in their way, they get mad. If you somehow stop them from doing what they want to do, they just get in a rage, and they just start pouring out over everything. Everybody has to deal with it. And I think that's part of what's happening in our day and age, the age of rage, is we're all so filled to capacity with anger that we don't know what to do. Then if somebody comes along, even in a loving way, and just nudges us, uh uh-oh, oh no, it all just pours out all over the place. Everybody is out there reacting and responding and wants everybody to feel like they do or, or they're trying to make sense of all the pain and, and we just got chaos. It's just chaos. Friends, we can rise above that. I, I believe that God's church, his kingdom people need to rise above what's happening. And it is happening. There's nothing wrong with saying this stinks. This isn't right. This isn't the way it should be. I'm against people that are saying you shouldn't feel that way. No, the feeling is natural when things are taken away or there's some nervousness or fear about the future. I understand all that, but kingdom people must respond differently. Differently. Most people blow up. We call that the maniac. But there's also people who just clam up. We call them the mutes neither one of them are healthy. That's what we're going to talk about today. Triggered. Love must overcome anger. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, and then verse 31 and 32. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. Brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Triggered. Getting filled with hate after seeing, hearing, or experiencing something you just can't stand. Triggered. You might not hear this word a lot. I know the teens have used this, and of course, I'm an old guy speaking in front of a camera, so they probably don't use this anymore. But the teens might say, triggered. And they say this when somebody is is frustrated and they're showing the frustration. They'll go, triggered. And it means that there's something that set that person off. Uh, I, I know that Corona has changed our schedules and I'm not saying this happened in my house, but maybe some people are experiencing this with their teenagers. There doesn't seem to be a time anybody needs to wake up anymore. And so you might go into your teen's room at 11 o'clock and say, okay, honey, it's time. You slept a long time. It's, it's time, let's get up. Let's get up, I got breakfast ready. And then you walk out and wait for 15, 20 minutes. You come back in at about noon. Okay, come on now. Your breakfast got cold. It's, it's time, we're wasting the day. Come on, let's go. Then you wait for a while. One o'clock in the afternoon comes, and now you walk in going, get out of bed! And they wake up and look at you, ah, I'm triggered. Apparently, us old people get frustrated and we get set off and we 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 just they see that emotion pour out. Well, we need to know what do we do when we're triggered? How do we respond properly, correctively, not destructively? Our key verse. And I have a picture and it probably helps. Psalm 141.3, 141.3. It says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Plug it. I love that image of that kid with that toilet plunger over his face. Now, there is a sticker on it, so hopefully it's brand new. Hopefully it hadn't been in the toilet yet. For you germophobia, so we'll just pretend he hasn't had it in the toilet. But Lord help me. Put that thing, stop it, put a guard. Stop my mouth. Help me not to just be triggered and explode over everybody and everything. God help us. So how do we do this? Love overcomes anger. The first thing, we need to resolve to overcome. Friends, it's just as simple as number one. You've got to make a choice, and you better do it in advance. Don't wait until you're triggered. Make a choice in advance. Resolve to overcome. The Bible says in Romans, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. So we got to make a choice. God, help me not to be triggered. Help me not to just explode. Proverbs 29, verse 11. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Don't be a fool. Don't let your rage just show. Don't just emote all over the place and express the anger that you have. We need to be different than that. Kingdom people are different than that. Some stats you might not like, don't be mad. If it makes you angry, follow the steps of this sermon. But some stats show us this. Women, on the average, get angry three times a week. Now, during Corona, we can just make that a day. So every day, three times a day. But women are different than men. What sets them off, what triggers them is usually people and relationships. Now the same, same stats tell us that men get angry six times a week. We'll make that a day. Six times a day men get angry, but not always over people and relationships. With men, sometimes it's as simple as things and events. Ever hear a man say, stupid lawnmower? Or, oh, it makes me so mad. And they're mad at a thing. Or they're mad at an event. Why didn't my team do well? Ah, Green Bay stinks. I don't like cheese heads. We get mad at things and events. The same stats said this, though. Single adults get twice as angry as married adults. I don't know what that is. It, it has to be the fact that it's, when you're married, you have a lightning rod to absorb some of that anger. Boy, I don't know about you, but in my house, my wife absorbs a lot of my anger. I don't, I don't not at her, but I'll just, Julie, and I'll just, ah! i'll just you know julie and i'll just start telling her what's making me frustrated she has to hear it all because i don't dare say it everywhere so with a lightning rod we get to express some of that in a safe way and by the way everyone expresses anger the most at home isn't that interesting it's at home where that anger boils over i was at a pastor's meeting this week and I was reminded of one of my favorite verses Matthew fifteen eighteen. it says what comes out of your mouth comes from the heart I was thinking about that as we pastors were sitting around and talking the guy who leads us he knows that there's a lot of stress right now and pastors are stressed out and he's constantly asking us to be in touch with what's going on inside and so he said let's go around and see what everybody does to relieve stress and thankfully, started at the other end and worked its way around, because I started thinking, what do I do for stress? What do I do to, to, to release some of that anger properly? And I thought, I like to golf. Then I thought about when I go golfing and how mad I get. Stupid clubs, stupid balls, stupid winds, stupid greens. Everything makes me mad. Not a great stress relief. Then I thought, well, I'll, I'll say my Harley. I'll get on my Harley. And yet, when I get on my Harley, it's 100 degrees outside, and I got on leather and helmets and gloves and boots and jeans, and it's hot. And, and then I'm out there scared to death that somebody's going to hit me. I'm anxious when I ride. So the two things that I do to relieve stress cause more stress. And I'm thinking, oh, no, I don't have a good answer. And as they're going around, one of the pastors said, you know what brings me down and keeps me calm? He said, I mow my yard. I get on my mower and I mow my yard. And I just burst out laughing. Everybody looked at me and I thought, oh, my goodness, I can't hold it in anymore. I said, I can't mow my yard. Because when I get on the mower, even if it's a beautiful day and everything's fine, I'll get on the mower and within minutes I'll start remembering what somebody said to me or about me. Some disrespectful comment. And I'll start replaying it in my mind. And as I'm mowing, I'm getting angry. As I'm mowing, I've got the the age of rage rising up in me. And halfway through mowing the front yard, I'm starting to think about the next time I see that person, what I'm going to say. And then by the time I'm in the backyard, I'm thinking I'm going to call a meeting and we're going to burn the whole place down. And by the time I'm done mowing, I'm a fit to be tied. I laughed. I told the pastors that I confessed to them. I said, "I, I think Satan uses that quiet moments instead of relief he brings things to mind to make you angry I shared that with my wife I said Julie a month ago I was praying Lord I, this is wrong I shouldn't build, build anger I, I shouldn't be this way and I, I I actually prayed Lord please stop this from happening please stop this from happening when I mow and so my mower broke God broke my mower down. I couldn't mow for a month. I love it. God says, I'll fix that, Don. None of that. So for a month, I couldn't mow my yard. And in the meantime, I was thinking about next time when I get this thing working, I'm not going to let Satan take my mind there. I'm not going to let my thoughts go to anger. If somebody said something to hurt me, I'm going to start praying for them and thinking how I can love on them. I want to change the outcome. Yikes. Yikes, this whole issue. So difficult. Not only should we resolve to overcome, the reason why we should resolve to overcome is because we got to remember the cost. There's a cost when we just emote and show our anger. See, when anger wins, I lose. In the end, when anger wins, I lose. Proverbs 29, 22. An angry person stirs up conflict, and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. Oh, when anger wins, I lose. Proverbs 11:29. Exploit or abuse your family and end up with a fistful of air. Common sense tells you it's a stupid way to live. That's found in the message, by the way. Exploit or abuse your family and end up with a fistful of air. Nothing. Common sense tells you that's a stupid way to live. We need to resolve to overcome our anger and then remember the cost. There's a cost. See, most people are either a skunk or a turtle. A skunk or a turtle. When we become angry, the skunk just stinks it up. Boy, everybody everybody gets sprayed. Stink up the room. The turtle just pulls everything in and withdraws. And, and please, if you're a turtle, don't get all righteous and think, well, that's better than being a skunk. No, both are not right. Neither one is right. You shouldn't just stink up the room or just withdraw and hold that anger. You ever been around somebody like a turtle? And you realize they've been upset because they're, they're just clammed up? They're they're sulking off in the corner. Is something wrong? No, I'm fine. You want to talk? No, I'm fine. want to go to dinner? Fine. You get to dinner. You want to order something? No, I'm not hungry. And you just know that something's burning them up, but they're not going to share it. Neither one is right to stuff it or to stink it up. And so we need to learn how do we deal with that? See, there's long-term effects of being a person with anger Three long term effects are aggression, apathy, and alienation. If you live and just, uh, just emote anger all the time, then people around you are going to respond with aggression. Or they're going to respond with apathy. They're just, I don't care. I'm so used to it. It happens all the time. Or they're going to respond with alienation. I'm done with them. I just won't be around them. So there's long term effects. That's remembering the cost. Remember the cost of anger. It's high. Don't let it overcome your family resolve. Third thing, reflect before reacting. Take some time and think. Number one, you got to find out what the root cause. Why is this making me so angry? That road rage thing, people are out there just shooting people. Well, what's really the issue? You're like, Dude, I'm just driving the speed limit and I'm in my lane. Well, really what's going on is is they felt like you were purposely doing something and they feel disrespected and and that you've got something in their bubble that burst. And boy, there's a root cause to what's going on there. And the root cause is usually one of three things. Hurt, frustration, or fear. Somebody hurt us. On social media, it's interesting. We've come up with a new term even called hate-like something. What? Hate-like is an oxymoron. You hate-like something. What what does that mean? Well, you you get on Facebook and find out all your friends went apple-picking to the orchard, and they're eating donuts, and they're posting all these pictures of their cider trip, and you see it, and what happens? It hurts. You didn't get invited, and so you hate-like it. You like it, but inside, you hate it. We get hurt. We get frustrated when things don't go the way we think they should go. We're filled to the brim, and so anything that frustrates us sets us over the top. We can't take much more. Fear. We don't know what's going to happen and it could be the worst thing possible. And so we, over the top, express. We got to release anger appropriate. We got to reflect before reacting. James 1.19, great verse, says this. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to To become angry. I think what James is really making sure that we understand is slow down. In the Greek, the translation would be chill out. (laughs) Chill out. Listen. Don't explode. Reflect before reacting. Ask God for help with this, too. Show me, God, why am I so angry? What is it that that person said that makes me angry? Did it hurt my pride? Is pride an issue? Did it, did it hurt somebody else? What is it that's got me set over the top? Reflect. Fourth thing is release. You've got to release that, but you've got to do it appropriately. Oh, back to the skunk and the turtle. You know, don't express it. That's not necessarily the best thing, but don't suppress it. Oh, the skunk and the turtle. Really, there's a third one, too, I should bring up. It's not just the skunk and the turtle. There's the mockingjay. That's people who release anger by making sarcastic comments, just cutting remarks. Those are people who are judgmental and hypercritical at all times. Those people are usually insecure. But that's how they deal with it. The mockingjay, just slice, 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 slice. They're like the deli meat slicer. They're slicing it up. Their tongues just slice, 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 slice. Cutting up people like deli meat. Are you the turtle? Stuffing it all in. Are you the mockingjay? Just slicing and hurting as much as you can. Are you the skunk? Just stinking it up everywhere you go. Neither of these, any of these three. It's not the right way. So you don't express it. You don't suppress it but you do need to confess it. That's what needs to happen. The first step is go to God and say, God, I'm sorry, this is wrong. My anger is out of place here. If it's from hurt, if it's from a frustration or a fear, God, I confess it to you. Possibly there's an opportunity then to go and confess it to the person you've been angry with. Maybe you need to go to them and and say you're sorry for the way you've been feeling and responding. And then be open and vulnerable enough with them to speak the truth in love and to talk through whatever situation it was. Now listen, most reasonable adults will respond properly to that. Notice those three caveats. Most reasonable adults (laughs) Not everybody's going to fit those three categories. So you might not get a good response. But if you're open and vulnerable after confessing it to God and speaking with a brother or sister in Christ, often that'll be a good, proper release of what's been happening inside of you. Confess it. And then there's a fifth thing that I I plead with you to to don't pass up, and that's receive God's help. We're not going to overcome these things on our own. God's working to make all things new, including me and you. He's working to restore things to be more like Jesus. And every day you wake up, you're less like Jesus. You're not where you need to be. Love is willing, selfless sacrifice. Jesus is the epitome of that. Make me more like Jesus. So the heart of the problem is a problem with the heart. What do I need to do? I need to ask God for a new heart. I need a heart transplant. Oh, the Bible talks about a stony heart, a hard heart. Give me a heart of flesh. Soften my heart. In Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, we'll go back to that. It says, get rid. Get rid of. That's no getting around that. That means all of it gone right now. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And then here's the answer. Love overcomes anger. How does it do that? Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as in Christ. God forgave you. Oh, that's a great way to end this service today. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Don't forget, as a believer, you've asked Him to forgive you, and He did so willingly. He paid the price. I saw this online this week. I love this little picture of a receipt. The receipt says salvation. Jesus paid it all. Sin paid. Shame paid. Mistakes paid. Unforgiveness paid. Hurt, paid. Anger, paid. The debt has been paid. Grand total, zero. Nothing left. He took care of it all. At the bottom, there's a verse, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's been forgiven. God's wrath has been satisfied. We shouldn't be living in wrath and anger with our brothers and sisters, we need to confess it. We need to think about what's caused it and then ask God for help to overcome it. I pray that God will give you some relief in this. Don't suppress it. Please don't walk away and say, I just shouldn't be angry. No, deal with it. Deal with it in a proper way. May God help us to be more like Jesus. Selfless, willing sacrifice. For the good of another person, even when they don't deserve it, and even if I don't get anything in return, I pray for you in that. Let me pray as we close. Father God, give us a day to reflect today. In the time of Corona where we're all upset and life has been upset, give us your eyes and then help us to be your hands and your feet. God, help us not to just respond immediately, but to reflect. Help us to be people that overcome anger with love and help us to do it in the name of Christ.